Hello everyone, this is Matt Ferret, author of the Prepare for Medicare book series, and welcome to another episode of The Matt Ferret Show, where I interview insiders and experts to help light a path to a successful retirement. Hello everyone, this is Matt Ferret, and welcome to another episode of The Matt Ferret Show, where I interview insiders and experts to help light a path to a successful retirement. The success of The Matt Ferret Show really comes down to you, the listener. That's why I'd just like to take a moment to express my gratitude. Thank you. Thanks for the five-star reviews, likes, follows, and other ways you voted with your eyes, ears, and fingers thus far. Feedback is a gift, and thank you for it. If you're listening to this podcast, put a face with a voice. Don't forget you can actually watch The Matt Ferret Show on mattferret.com and on the mattferret.com YouTube channel. If you're 62 years old and your financial advisor or wealth manager hasn't talked to you about Medicare planning yet, you may have a problem. Working past 65, you say, staying on your employer's health insurance policy in the meantime, you still need to be talking to a professional about your Medicare coverage. My guest today is Todd Morrissey, president of Medicare Solutions at Advisors XL. Advisors XL is a nationwide firm based out of Topeka that helps independent financial professionals, advisors, and wealth managers build independent practices. I've known Todd for years, and as far as Medicare experts go, he's among the cream of the crop. So when he joined the firm, I was really interested in why. You see, in years past, financial planners, wealth managers, and their firms haven't typically gotten very involved in their clients' Medicare insurance coverage. It's easy to see why. It's really complex, changes all the time, and it's completely separate licensing, testing, and certification process. Wealth managers and financial planners typically come from a financial background and are portfolio-focused, meaning your investments, your pension, your real estate, life insurance, and more. In order to handle all of this, they have a lot of licenses and have to keep up with an amazing amount of material, regulation, policy, guidance, and hours of federal and state-mandated continuing education in order to keep those licenses current. But you simply cannot have a comprehensive retirement plan without including Medicare insurance coverage. Medicare insurance coverage is a key component of a well-rounded retirement plan, and yet most advisors and firms farm it out or even ignore it altogether. With today's rising premiums and deductibles, I think that's a huge mistake. That's why I was really eager to talk to Todd about all of the obvious, but also the not so obvious reasons financial planning and Medicare insurance should go hand in hand. Enjoy. Todd, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. So tell everybody who you work for, what you do, and uh, how you help people. Sure. Well, let me just start out, Matt. Um, number one, I've known you for a long time, and you and I go back a long way. Yep. I just want to comment. You have still that great silver hair, right? I know. Well, that's experience. Are we really turning this into a hair comment, a commentary? No, no. I just, I had to throw that in there. I had anybody watching on video is going to notice a a pretty big difference between my hair and your hair. And that's what the question Uh, was. So thanks for kicking things off like that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, first and foremost, it's an honor to be here. Thank you very much. Congratulations on your book. Um, Thanks. Insight. Uh, So I have been with Advisors Excel, which I would arguably like to say is one of the largest financial advisory firms in the country. Uh, Support financial advisors around the country, but uh, we also 
just started to implement Medicare. Now, we're a newer division, but we implemented that about three years ago, and we've seen a tremendous amount of growth. But when I came here, I had to build everything and work with our financial advisors because from a holistic planning approach, Matt, consumers nowadays are looking to talk to somebody who can help them not only with their wealth care, but with their health care. So that's part of what I'm doing here at Advisors XL. What is the difference or the connection between wealth management, financial uh, advisory, uh, annuities, like product, life insurance, annuities? How does that all how is that all beginning to meld together? You mentioned it's only been recently that your firm has really, you know, gotten into the Medicare uh, space. What's that whole relationship like and where is it going? Sure. So, you know what I would tell you if you take back or take like five years back, a lot of the financial advisors began to look at Medicare, quite frankly, as something they didn't want to mess with. You know, they would refer that out to somebody. But what I'm here to tell you is there's a number of them now who are embracing Medicare because, you know, look, 11,000 people turning 65 a day, they're having their clients who are coming into their office. And if I'm a financial advisor planning for somebody's basically uh, managing their net assets, uh, helping them with annuities, retirement, healthcare is definitely going to be a conversation. And I think a lot of them now are tired of referring that to somebody else. And they're beginning to say, I want to make or I want to be a holistic planner and do it all. And I think consumers are beginning to recognize that. Financial advisors are beginning to recognize that. But it's basically when you look at the I guess you call it the pinwheel, whatever, from a retirement standpoint, it's taking care of all of what a client needs to look for when they go into retirement. And financial planners are definitely you know, helping clients out with Medicare. You touched on it in your statement there. A lot of financial, in my experience, a lot of financial planners have done historically what you just said, like, oh, it's too specialized. It's too, I don't want to get in trouble. There's too many regs and rules around it. I have enough to do worrying about my you know, my SEC compliance checks, right. you know, my series seven, my series six, 63. I, the last thing I need is to mess something up in Medicare. You're saying that's changing. It, it Most definitely. Now, what I am seeing with a lot of financial advisors is they will focus on what they do best. That is managing people's money, helping them with income retirement. Um, and what they do is they bring somebody into their firm that is going to be that focused specialized Medicare individual. They call them sub-advisors. And, you know, there definitely is oversight from that financial advisor, but they have to focus on certain things that, you know, take a lot of their day and they bring somebody in that definitely is going to focus on the Medicare aspect. So that client is really getting a team approach, if you will, when they go into a financial advisor. Now, there are some financial advisors, Matt, that are doing it all. And we here at Advisors XL, what we try to do is educate them, train them so they can provide the best guidance and options for their clients. And it doesn't take a lot of their time. So in your firm, it sounds like you've got wealth management or you got financial advisors who know enough to be, and I say this tongue in cheek, enough to be dangerous yeah. about Medicare and know how important it is as part of the financial planning, but then they send it to you. So, so what happens is a financial advisor will come to Advisors XL basically to do annuities, wealth management, life insurance. What we have is a team that is our annuity VPs, vice presidents, who are working with them. They talk to them about, have you considered adding Medicare? And to a lot of degree, Matt, a lot of them are saying, I'm already doing it. 
So that's an easy transition. But for the ones who say, you know, I've been getting asked about this, I need help educating myself, but not only educating myself, but educating my clients. That's when they'll take it over to my team. And what we'll do is we'll handhold them, walk them through educating the advisor so they can help their clients. It's wonderful. What are your clients buying these days? What are the Medicare clients um, that you see and hear and your team works with? What are they buying? Well, so I would have told you when you're working with a financial advisor and he's working with, let's say, clients who, for the most part, maybe have some substantial assets, a Medicare supplement would have been the product uh, or plan that they, the clients would have looked at. But that's not the case. Um, Medicare Advantage plans, which we also offer, uh, are definitely becoming attractive to a lot of the Medicare eligibles, not only from, look, my doctor's part of the network, my specialist is part of the network, all of their doctors, hospitals are part of the network, and they look at it and say to themselves, well, if I can save a little bit on the premiums, why not go to them? Now, I also, we have a lot of advisors who do just talk to their clients about Medicare supplement. But I think from a financial advisor standpoint, they really do ask the questions and try to find out, Matt, what, from a standpoint of what do we think is going to be the best plan for you? It's not, hey, we're just going to go with one or the other. There's a conversation involved. You know, I point that out, not for shameless self-promotion of the book, but I do point that out in the book. You know, everybody has asked me for years and probably you like, what's the best? Well, yeah. that completely depends on how much money you have, where you live, uh, yeah. what your risk tolerance is like, what's your preferred model? I mean, I, I know I know millionaires that prefer to, you know, put the highest deductible on their car insurance that they can and drive around a 15-year-old car. And I know millionaires that drive a $150,000 car and have first dollar coverage. It just depends. Um, and is that is that still true? Because in my yes. mind, yeah, in, in my mind, I feel like, again, very basic kind of assertion, the more money you have, the more money you can, or you pay for Medicare supplement because you don't have the big thing in the network. But to your point, maybe that's not right. Well, what I will tell you is some individuals who look at a Medicare Advantage and they see what a max out of pocket is, but they say to themselves, well, but I'm not paying everything, you know, paying a premium every month. I can write that check for the max out of pocket. So they know they have that. And so, but you're right. There are some clients where a financial advisor is talking to them and they say, look, I want to go to the doctor. I want to not have any out-of-pocket expense. I just want to pay my premium. Well, then a Medicare supplement is something that they would consider. So, you know, you and I have been in doing this a long time. The adage of one size does not fit everybody is definitely true in the Medicare space. Any niche products that they're getting into or that they're starting to ask about in it? And for example, I can, I can think of one that's always been around the edges and that's a high F, but you know, you can't buy that anymore unless you're uh, as of one one twenty, uh, unless you're you know eligible for Medicare ahead of time. Now it's now it's high G. It's very low premium, but there's a big deductible. So you're kind of getting the most best of both worlds um, in the sense that you have a high deductible, but then after that deductible, it's a it walks, talks, acts just like a regular Medicare supplement plan. Is that a yep. popular one? Or are there any any others that are becoming more popular or talked about at least? Um, great question. And to answer you directly, we are not seeing at least from 
our uh, office. We're not seeing a lot of high deductible G. I will tell you, we are seeing a little bit more from the plan and standpoint. So for your listeners and watchers, you know, plan G is probably the one that a lot of people are just going to. Plan N is something from a Medicare supplement standpoint, we see a lot of financial advisors talking to their clients about, but one in particular that um, I will mention, and that is MSAs, Medicare Savings Accounts, or MSAs is the acronym. And what we're seeing are a number of people who are continuing to work past age 65, and they're used to an HSA with their employer coverage so a MSA to them is basically something they understand. And with an MSA, uh, we are seeing, because it's zero premium and you don't have the networks uh, with, you know, like a MA plan, it's kind of a hybrid, if you will, with a MA and basically a Medicare Advantage. But what people like about that is they're in control of their healthcare. They have, um, you know, the funds that they need to uh, go to any doctor, any hospital, those kind of things. And they have those assets and it's a $0 premium. So that's what we're seeing a little bit more in our area. Are you hearing advisors talk about it more or the people have, have done all their work on, <laughs> on the internet and snooped around and then they're asking for it? Like how, how much of this is talk and how much of our people are really being attracted to the MSA concept, which by the way, and, and you can see this, uh, I'll put some notes up on the uh, website about this, but I, I can explain that all and I'll, I'll put a link on the website uh, in the show notes. But, you know, is this kind of like, what is this or is this really a viable option at this point, do you think? Um, so here's what I will tell you it's gaining traction. I would have told you probably uh, five years ago, I really didn't hear a lot about MSAs. I mean, I'd heard of them from being in the industry, but from a consumer standpoint, they maybe weren't as prevalent. Now, um, I think advisors are beginning because, you know, we tried to tell our advisors about all of the options that are out there for a consumer. And like we said, one size doesn't fit all. So we talk about all the different plans that are out there. And some of the financial advisors who maybe have high net worth clients, they find that attractive and they think their clients will find it attractive. And that's what we're seeing more of our advisors talking to some folks and, hey, we're starting to see a few more on the books. Am I going to tell you right now that it's taking off? No, but it's enough right now that I'm starting to go, hmm, that's a few more than we saw last year, or that's a few more than we saw the last month. So it is beginning. When you go through what's, uh, you know, someone's needs and, you know, it's, it's sales speak or needs analysis. I'm going to find out, you know, what you need and then solve your needs. But beyond that kind of salesmanship, uh, when you meet a client and you are trying to figure this out, what's your order of operations? What do you, are you listening more or are you recommending, you know, Hey, first, first, first order of operations are what, what, what prescriptions, uh, what doctors do you have? Or is it really more kind of a holistic, how do you feel about Medicare and your Medicare insurance? And uh, how do you start? Well, I think a lot of the financial advisors, you know, it's a conversation with a client. And I think trying to understand where their knowledge base is, and I will tell you from a lot of what I'm hearing from our financial advisors is there's a big education that they have to do for their clients because it is confusing. Now, one of the things that I tell a lot of the financial advisors is you need to start talking about Medicare well before your client's turning 65. And here's one thing that 
you know, we see from the financial advisor standpoint that, and this is not a knock on somebody who just does Medicare, Matt, but you've got to plan for this. And what I mean by that is, Matt, have you ever heard of the term Irma? Oh, yes, I know her well. It's not a cousin. It's not an old aunt. Nope. It's an income-related monthly adjustment amount. And what so many people don't understand is, you know, if I'm not planning for, because how the Irma is calculated is based on your modified adjusted gross income. So as you're getting to get on to Medicare, um, you need to plan ahead from a income standpoint, you know, how much is my income? And that's one thing financial advisors do. They'll talk about the tax implications. They'll talk about their income and plan for that. So I think that's one conversation they have at the get-go. But then when somebody does become Medicare eligible, there's, you know, how comfortable are you with a premium? How much of a premium? Are you concerned more about going to see your specialist? How many specialists do you have? So you begin to, you know, get that information so you can provide the best plan options, guidance for those clients. And a lot of people don't have an IRMA charge, but there are some clients who do. And I will tell you this, when they get that notice from Social Security or Medicare that says, hey, this is what your Part B premiums are and your D, um, sometimes it's sticker shock and they always say, well, why didn't you tell me about this? That's why financial planners are there to basically help them, guide them, and inform them. IRMA looks back two years. It does. Uh, so you're right. When someone turns 65, if they're not working past 65, uh, you really start at 63, which means you really start at 62 or 61, don't you? So when people yeah. are thinking about moving or downsizing and selling a home and, and liquidating assets or moving money around, it's really important to not only begin to think about when do I do this? you know, for my lifestyle, but when do I do this? Because my Medicare premiums could be higher. Impacted. It's a lot of, it, it's timing, you know, and that's why it's important to be talking to your financial planner about, you know, these are my dreams. These are what my retirement goals are. Here's when I'm planning on retirement. So they can kind of put you on a track so they know, okay, we've got all of these things to consider, all these aspects. Let's look at them and make the best feasible and financially sensed plan for you. When you talk to your financial planners, when do you tell them to start talking about Medicare? What age? Um, you know, I, I will tell you this, having a conversation to allow your clients to know that when the time comes, this is something we are offering. So, you know, if you have a conversation with your 40-year-old client, it, it probably won't be the best resonating with them. But, you know, when they start to get into their early 60s, to have that conversation with your client to say, now, remember, we do all holistic planning from your health care to your wealth care. So from Medicare. Um, but, you know, as you know, Matt, people start to get bombarded in their mailbox and telephone calls, typically six months before they turn 65. We want our advisors to make sure their clients understand that yes, we can help guide you with those decisions. So they talk to them a little bit ahead of time. So they can just disregard um, when they get those phone calls and all the mailers and stuff. Talk to me about the dance between social security, signing up for Medicare and working. We all know that people are working well beyond age 65 this year. I think the latest numbers I saw that 
uh, where I mean, it's it's if it's fifty percent, maybe it's slightly above or slightly below the people who are retiring at age sixty-five. That means everybody's working, even yeah. all the way up through and two seventy. So that I mean, it complicates it. It's not just well, I'm sixty-five and I get Medicare. No, you you get Medicare Part A, and then that's even an unless. Uh, so talk to me about that whole dynamic of, and then you have to actively sign up for Social Security. When you do, I mean, what's that whole balance between working after 65, Medicare and Social Security? Talk to talk about that. So there there is a process. Um, now, I will tell you this, every financial advisor might have a unique differentiate when they do this process. But as their clients are approaching, let's say, age 62, that is the conversation that they start with Social Security. Am I going to take it early? Eh, maybe not. They explained all the positives and negatives regarding taking Social Security early. So let's say they say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to continue um, and, you know, go on and continue to work, not take Social Security. Great. So now all of a sudden at 65, and mind you, they're probably still having conversations with them at 63, 64, but now 65 is coming up. And are you going to continue to work? And if that Individual says, yes, I am going to continue to work. Okay, well, here are your options. Part A, let's defer part B because we don't have to take it at that time. But another thing, Matt, I will throw out there, a lot of people, I mentioned the HSAs. Um, a lot of things with HSAs signing up for part A, uh, you cannot make contributions to your HSA account if you have any part of Medicare. And that's a whole nother conversation to get into. But again, just another planning um, mechanism that advisors have to have with uh, their clients. So, you know, it really is, again, um, you have to understand when they're going to be retiring, uh, talking to them, when is that date? Should I sign up for Medicare? Okay, if you do, here's where maybe we don't want to sign up for Part B. You know, do you have credible coverage for your prescription drugs? Um, that's another thing. So people don't realize, or hopefully we're educating them when you turn 65, not only are you signing up for Medicare and let's say a Medicare advantage, but part D your prescription drug plan has to be a conversation as well. And when you're working, um, all of these things you need to take into account. And again, I don't know if I answered your question because there's so much, um, and it, again, you have to have a conversation regarding all of them and what makes the best fit. You did. So if I'm listening or watching now and I'm trying to DIY this thing, and maybe I don't have a financial advisor, maybe my financial advisor doesn't know anything about Medicare. So I'm trying to figure this out on my own. Yep. What are some of the common mistakes you see for people or people, the things that people don't realize when they're working past 65? So if someone's listening or watching goes, you know what? Yep. I got it. I think I'm going to work till I'm 67. I know about, I can defer part B. I can defer part D. I'll take part A and then I'll go elect social security. I'll sign up. I got it. What are yeah. some of those, you know, you mentioned drug uh, or prescription coverage. Those dates yeah. can be different. Yes. Uh, the part B election date. How does your employer, like, do you need to get a form from them? Do you need to tell them? What are some of the big common mistakes that you see people make that uh, they go, oh, I didn't realize that? Yeah. So uh, one of them that I see quite common, and that is somebody who maybe is 
68, uh, maybe 70. And they've been working this entire time and they received some bad information when they were 65 and they signed up for Part B. So, you know, to them, they have employer coverage, healthcare coverage, and evidently they've been paying their Part B premium just thinking, well, that's what I was supposed to do. And now they want to make a decision to retire. And if they decide, you know, a Medicare supplement plan is something that they want to purchase, that can be a hindrance if they can't qualify underwriting wise because they've gone through their open enrollment period. Six months has been basically exhausted. So that's one. Um, the other one is somebody would, some people think if you're on an HSA plan and you're, uh, you know, you're going to be turning 65, that you have to sign up for Part A because it, it says, well, it doesn't cost you anything. Well, you don't have to sign up for Part A because, again, you can't make contributions to your HSA account if you have any part of Medicare. And unfortunately, you know, we see people make a slip up in that particular uh, arena. Um, but the other one that has come up, when you leave employer coverage, okay, from a Part D standpoint, you have 63 days to make an election for your prescription drugs. It's 63 days. There's a lot of people who miss that window. And, you know, now all of a sudden, if you miss that window, there's some uh, potential penalties that they could have. Uh, you know, some people, we get calls a lot to say, how can you help us? And, you know, that's another uh, topic that we do here that we try to help the clients and the, you know, the financial advisor help us clients with. Right. So you, you said it, uh, that last part, especially, there are different times for the different parts of Medicare when you're coming off employer group insurance. You have to sign up for Part B within a certain window. Yep. And the Part D window is different. It is. It is. And, you know, I, I wish the government would do something just as simple as it did when it came out with Part D. That's for drugs. That we can, oh, I can wrap my head around that. D is drugs. Everything else that they have, it's a different time period here, or it's a different period here. There's a rule here. And quite frankly, Matt, you and I have both been in this a long time. You know, our heart's in the right spot. All we want to do is try to help people understand what it is. And look, I'll be the first to admit, there's times when I get questions from people that I will say, wow, that is something I don't know. I have to look that up. But at the end of the day, you want to provide your clients with the right information, you know, just taking care of them and providing that solid information and guidance. What's your advice for people who are looking for that guidance and don't yep. necessarily have a financial planner and don't have an insurance agent that knows anything about Medicare? Or maybe that insurance agent goes, well, I think I've got a Medicare supplement plan that my company sells, but I don't really do that. What's your advice? You know what? Um, I can tell you this, number one, take it upon yourself and educate yourself. Okay, there are a ton of resources. There's no, no lack of resources out there. And if somebody doesn't have access to an internet, um, you know, well, if you don't have access to the internet, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's <laughs> a ton of things out there that you can educate yourself. But also, number two, um, you know, talk to some of your friends, see who their financial advisor is, ask them. But the one thing is, is interview the person that you're going to be dealing with, talk to them, 
see that they have the most common goals with you uh, so they can help you. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like when you go to buy a car. You know, if you walk in there and just let a salesperson tell you what the price is, but you're not informed, sometimes that's not the best thing. And there's no shortage of information out there. And, you know, if um, we can help people, you know, we, well, I say that, but I work with financial advisors. If any of our financial advisors could help you, um, that would be maybe an avenue. But there's a ton of places out there to get help. Matt. Hey, you know what? Can I say this? Yeah. Have them read your book. There. That's a first good start. Thanks, Ben. How do find how do people find you on the internet? How do you how do we find out more about you? Um, well, you can go out to Advisors XL, just type that in advisorsxl.com, and that'll bring up our company. You can read about our company. Um, we've got, like I said, annuities that we offer or our financial advisors offer, life insurance. We have a wealth management division. And of course, our Medicare division. I think from that standpoint, we take care of all the spectrum uh, that somebody's approaching when they get into retirement of what they would have a question about. What if I don't have a ton of money? Um, will you guys still help me on the advisor side of the house? Or is there some minimum? Is there, is there a billion dollar minimum? Can I Do I have to be Warren Buffett? You know, you do not have to be Warren Buffett. A lot of our financial advisors will help. They help clients. I mean, that's what our motto is, is to help clients. Um, and look, you know, there's a lot of people who start out and, you know, they're young or, or they don't have a lot of money, but they still need guidance. Todd, that was awesome. Thanks very much for your time. Listen, thank you so much, man. It was an honor to be here. My thanks to Todd Morrissey for a wonderful conversation. Check out the show notes and websites discussed during the show at mattferret.com. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. I'd also appreciate it if you'd subscribe to the Matt Ferret Show YouTube channel, which you can get to through mattferret.com or by searching for the Matt Ferret Show on YouTube. Until next time, to your wealth, wisdom, and wellness, I'm Matt Ferret. Thanks for tuning in. The Matt Ferret Show, related content, publications, and MF Media LLC is in no way associated, endorsed, or authorized by any governmental agency, including the Social Security Administration, the Department of Health and Human Services, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The Matt Ferret Show is in no way associated with, authorized, approved, endorsed, nor in any way affiliated with any company, trademark names, or other marks mentioned or referenced in or on The Matt Ferret Show. Any such mention is for purpose of reference only. Any advice, generalized statistics, or opinions expressed are strictly those of the host and guests of The Matt Ferret Show. Although every effort has been made to ensure the contents of The Matt Ferret Show and related content are correct and complete, laws and regulations change quickly and often. The ideas and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferret Show aren't meant to replace the sage advice of healthcare, insurance, financial planning, accounting, or legal professionals. You are responsible for your financial decisions. It is your sole responsibility to independently evaluate the accuracy, correctness, or completeness of the content, services, and products of, and associated with, The Mad Ferret Show, MF Media LLC, and any related content or publications. The thoughts and opinions expressed on The Mad Ferret Show are those of the host and The Mad Ferret Show guests only, and are not the thoughts and opinions of any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferret Show, nor is The Matt Ferret Show made by, on behalf of, 
or endorsed or approved by any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Farad Show.